This is The Unapologetic Coach, the podcast that teaches you how to step into next level leadership. I'm Angelina Bradley, and I've made it my mission to prove you can have it all, and I'm living proof. I've built a six-figure business with a baby in one hand and an iPhone in the other, building the life of my freaking dreams. Now I'm showing you how to do it too. One of the biggest symptoms I see with fitness clients is that they're dealing with an, an extreme amount of bloating on the regular. And I think that this is actually a pretty confusing topic for most fitness coaches because there's conflicting information on IG about what's normal, what's not, and how to help your clients through this the, what could be painful, right? So today we're going to get to the bottom of this hot topic with Coach B and how to walk your clients through dealing with this symptom. So Coach B. Yes. What is bloating? All right, let's just break it down. Let's just, what is the baseline? What is bloating at its core? Bloating can mean like a distension in the abdomen or just like a really full, uncomfortable feeling in your abdomen. So it, it could feel like you have overate a significant amount of food, kind of like you do on Thanksgiving, um, and you feel bloated and tired and fatigued. Uh, that's kind of what bloating is. Some, uh, some people do experience like even more extreme bloating where they almost look pregnant, and that can be really, really extreme and very painful for some clients. Can it be like hard to the touch? Very much. Like a rock in your yes. belly? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very, it could be very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yep. You just want to lay down and curl up in a ball. And (laughs) did you experience a lot of bloating during during your journey with um, with uh, Hashimoto's? Was that a symptom of Hashimoto's? I did, but not the severe kind that some do experience, like the pregnant looking bloating. Okay. Um, But I did experience bloating um, almost every single week, not every day, um, but it was pretty common, and it was just because it, it. ended up being because my body couldn't tolerate certain types of foods, which we'll get into in a little bit. Okay. All right. Awesome. Well, not awesome. I'm sad you went through that. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you for clarifying. I'm good now. I'm good now. (laughs) Healthy as can be. How long have you, we didn't even get into that, the last one. So real quick though, how long have you been on your journey through recovery through Hashimoto's? Since April of 2022. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a long journey. Yes. And are you feeling, are you back to normal yet? Um, I am like 95% there. (laughs) Um, But, but yes, going through the journey of hormones and gut health can be a very long journey. So it's, it's safe to say that patience is needed. Um, with your clients and for them as well in their own journey is dealing with certain things if it's just surface level bloating or if it's more extreme bloating which we'll talk a little bit more about but um, yes it just takes patience and time to heal the body. So speaking of normal is there such a thing as normal bloating? There can be normal bloating when it comes to like initially getting your menstrual cycle. 
um, just because your body is going through some changes in your hormones and um, you're starting to shed the um, the lining of your uterus. And so it can cause bloating. Um, extreme bloating during your period is not normal. That's usually due to like PMS symptoms and that can be related back to like hormonal issues. Okay. So yes, short answer. Yes, there is a thing as normal bloating. And what about after food though? No. So outside of like your period or overeating, um, bloating is not normal. So it is something that is like so extremely common among women and men as well. And so many people experience it, right? And therefore, when there's a large amount of people experiencing the same symptom, everybody thinks it's so normal, just like constipation. Constipation has this rep of like, oh, I'm just constipated. It is not normal. We should be going to the bathroom at least one time a day. But most of the population is not. Okay, so it's it's not normal to be feeling bloating after food, but unless you overate. So Thanksgiving dinner, that's normal. And that's okay. Like, that's maybe we need to use a different term than normal. Yeah, potentially better than, than normal because we don't obviously, overeating isn't good for us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, overeating can lead to other digestive issues, it can cause um, your body just having like a a very hard time digesting the food that you're consuming, right? So if you've ever overate food and you haven't been able to eat for like a six hour period of time after that, that that can do a lot of damage to one like the digestive tract and it can also do a lot of damage to um, your blood sugar regulation as well because and, and the energy that you're giving your body on a daily basis, it can really decrease all of those things. Okay. I just want to like hit it home for everybody, but what is normal? What is not? Or what's okay? Like what's what, like what's a healthy amount of bloating? Yes. yes yep, yep. Um, if you have some as little as possible, yeah, pretty much. Yes. Okay. As little <laughs> as possible. Um, if you are in pain, not normal. If it is very distended, not normal. Um, if you're just like a little uncomfortable and just feeling a little like heavy um, or, you know, a little bloated uh, during your period is probably the most normal it's going to be. Okay. Anything right. past that is is probably going to be something that we need to look at um, at a deeper level. Okay. All right. Thank you. I think that was super helpful just to get the bottom of, of, of because I think that's what I see mostly on IG right now is like, this is normal. By the end of the day, my belly's extended and this is a normal amount of bloating. So that's a really good point that you bring up because we have to remember that food is weight, right? So we wake up at our our lightest amount. We don't have anything in our body. We just fasted for eight to 10 hours, depending on how long you slept. And we're weighing ourselves in the morning. We're looking at ourselves in the morning. We are the leanest, right? Mm-hmm. So Your six-pack abs are showing. Right. Like, and it's because you don't have anything to digest anymore. Your digestive system has done its job while you were sleeping. So as we add food throughout the day, you have to remember that food is weight. So... Yes, you can look a little bit more, um, uh, a little bit more full, but bloating shouldn't be a factor in what happens to you by the end of the day. Um, it shouldn't be where you're uncomfortable. It shouldn't be where you have no energy at all. It shouldn't be that you can't go to the bathroom. Those are very key signs that bloating is um, not normal. Does that make more sense? Yes. 
I think that that was super helpful. So most of your clients are are hormone clients, right? Yes. Do the majority of them come to you with bloating issues? 100%. Every single one of them has some sort of bloating issue, um, but they also have an array of other digestive issues going on too um, that can lead from like diarrhea, constipation, um, excess burping, acid reflux, heartburn, all of these things can contribute um, to their their dysfunction in their digestive tract. So yes, to answer your question, um, almost every single one of my clients comes to me with bloating issues, which we tackle in the first phase of my program. Okay. But if a client is dealing with bloating, that does not necessarily mean they have hormonal issues. Not always. So like we always want to take your client through the fundamentals before we just jump the gun and say like, oh, you have an infection or you have um, a dysbiosis in your gut or hormone issues. Um, So we always want to cover the the basics because some clients will come to you and they will not be moving their body. They're eating out, eating tons of fast food, their diet is trash, all these things, right? And so there's many different places of their health that you can start to optimize that might already tackle bloating from the beginning. Nice. Okay. That makes total sense. Is, um, can bloating actually cause weight gain? So I'm going to say depends a lot in the, in this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Which um, I think is really good for you guys to hear, though, because as fitness coaches, I think we always want an answer. What is the answer to this exact problem? And the mm-hmm. answer isn't always clear. It, it's your job to problem solve, right? Like you're a problem solver. Mm-hmm. You're putting all of the many, many pieces together, the the, the the biofeedback and the lifestyle factors and and the symptoms and you're you're putting it all together like a um, I don't know we have to be a very open minded coach when it comes to looking at our clients like a detective right yeah putting all the pieces together and so I think it was really actually pretty important to hear that from you that like it does depend mm-hmm. on every single client is so different we can make general. Um, uh, generalizations, right, Um, based on a big population, but it really does depend case to case. Yeah, so the... (laughs) The the answer here (laughs) is yes and no. Um, So if you have been dealing with bloating for some time and you're experiencing bloating that is painful and that is regular um, or that it does uh, get very distended and hard, then I would say yes, absolutely. Because if you are dealing with bloating and it's that bad, then you're experiencing probably other digestive issues like constipation. Bloating and constipation are very, very um, one and the same. So if you're experiencing bloating, then most likely you're dealing with constipation. And when that happens, your body isn't eliminating what it needs to on a daily basis. So what happens when we don't eliminate certain toxins and hormones and inflammation that our body doesn't want inside of us, it gets recirculated back. And then it causes more issues. It slows digestion. It slows metabolic function. And therefore, it can um, eventually cause weight gain. Okay. 
So yes, in most cases it does, but there's also a plethora of other things going on at the same time because everything happens in the gut, right? Your immune system lies within the gut. 70% of your immune system lies within the gut. So if your immune system is compromised, then your gut becomes compromised. And then when your gut is compromised, your your body isn't able to produce the uh, right amount of hormones that your body needs for certain function. And so when that happens, it can it can cause estrogen dominance. It can cause low, low progesterone. It can um, cause cortisol imbalances. And all of those play a very big role in um, the body's ability to lose weight or gain weight. Okay. So, so bloating doesn't necessarily mean something deeper is going on, but on an ongoing basis, it can lead yes. to very extreme um, circumstances. Circumstances. Yes. If left undealt with because we think it's so normal. So normal. Yeah. <laughs> it's not normal. If you are dealing with bloating, um, start changing your lifestyle, start changing your diets and optimize those areas. And if bloating becomes better, then you, you're making the right choices. You're moving in the right direction, right? But if bloating continues to happen, then we need to look a little bit deeper. Speaking of starting to make lifestyle changes and dietary changes, what are those starting protocols for fitness coaches to take their clients through that are dealing with um, with bloating? Yeah, so some of the started, well, I always start with the, the very foundation <clears throat> of anyone's health in general. So anytime I have clients come in, we always look at three three very specific areas. Their sleep, their water, and their fiber when it comes to bloating. Stress plays a really big role too, and I'll, I'll touch on that just a little bit as well. But these are very, very important because if we don't, if we're not drinking enough water, what do we have to push food through our bodies? What do we have in order to create that bulk in our stool, right? Is that like the number one thing that like it leads to bloating, do you think? Is it the water intake? It, yes, it can, especially if you're not getting proper electrolytes in your water. So this is something that um, uh, is just one really important because if we are consuming a lot of water, we're basically just like flushing it out of our body. But if we're utilizing electrolytes in our water, then we are able to to work on an intracellular level in our body so that your body is working more optimally. Um, so instead of like the water floating outside of the cells, the mm -hmm. water actually goes into the cells and they can actually work more efficiently. Should um, everybody be taking Everybody should be taking electrolytes. <laughs> 110 percent every single human on this planet. I'm obsessed with mine. So when Brandy started taking electrolytes, I was like, ew, this is so gross. And then now I'm obsessed with it and I literally cannot drink my water without it can help with bloating. It can help with energy levels. It can help with digestion. It, it really helps a lot of my clients within the first week of them starting. Um, and it's something that I will have them always take. It's it, I, I use about one to two packets. I use Element. It's L-M-N-T is what I use. Watermelon and raspberry are my favorite flavors. Yes. Um, Bring and I a can, client try a chocolate one in her water. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and she was, she's Don't like, eat the whole packet she's like, for that. this is gross. And Brittany was like, well, why did you put chocolate in your water? <laughs> there's really cool, um, there's really cool recipes on the Element website that you can utilize too. There's like mango habanera. was to like use the chocolate one in your coffee. Yes. I was like, yep. oh, okay. Actually, that, makes, that makes sense. Yes. I would do that. Oh, you can make hot chocolate 
I think that's why some people use the water. Um, But I wouldn't use a whole packet of that. Um, But I know we're kind of getting really salty. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting totally off topic. All right. Um, Starting protocols. So electrolytes. Yeah. So water, making sure that you have electrolytes in there. Um, But we do want to make sure that we're getting like close to a gallon of water a day. Um, If you're drinking electrolytes. uh, Yes. Across the board. um, That would be a really good starting point for any client. Obviously, you'll have to work them up to that, but that can really help just like push food through your body and really flush out your body of certain things it doesn't need. Um, and it can really help with just eliminating through, um, bowel movements and, um, urine as well. So that is a very big key fiber. Fiber is another huge, huge, huge factor because this is what creates, uh, creates bulk in our stool. And it's also what cleans out our colon too. So it allows us to eliminate toxins. It allows us to eliminate what our body doesn't need um, that that may be contributing to um, like constipation. And when we're constipated, it leads to bloating. So we want to make sure that we are making sure that we have that that one to two bowel movements a day. Sometimes even three is okay. Um, to and have. most of my clients were struggling with their fiber intake when we first started out. Yep. Absolutely. And it's one of the biggest things. Um, It can be anywhere. So a good rule of thumb would be 14 grams of fiber per thousand calories your clients are consuming. Um, Some may need a little bit more than that. So anywhere between like 30 and 50, depending on how many calories they're consuming. That can really help just like 30 to 50 grams of fiber. Did I say calories? No, I was just oh, clarifying. Okay. No, no, no. I just, <laughs> yes. you just said 30 to 50. I was just clarifying for yes. the audience. Yes, 30 to 50 grams of fiber, um, just depending on the client, if it, if she's, or if it's a woman or a male, um, and how many calories they're consuming at that time. And does it matter where fiber is coming from? It does, um, because there's like insoluble fiber and there's soluble fiber. So, um, some good examples of fiber would be um, like raspberries, chia seeds, um, beans, lentils are really good sources of fiber. Same with quinoa. So starchy carbohydrates are really going to have the majority of your fiber in them. And those are really good um, types of fibers to add into your diet. The um, other baseline I would say is um, sleep. So we really want to optimize sleep when it comes to dealing with bloating and other digestive issues because our immune system, again, lies in the gut. We only allow our immune system to work as efficiently as it, it can and wants to when we are are at rest because our body is attending to all the stressors in our day-to-day life, right? So our cortisol is constantly working and working to lower inflammation and doing all these things. So our immune system almost takes a back seat during the day. So if we are getting a lack of sleep, at night, you're not allowing your immune system to work. You're not allowing your gut to work, your digestive system to work. Um, and so it's very imperative to get at least eight hours of sleep a night to optimize digestion that way. So I think that was a really good point that you brought up because I don't know if many people put that two and two together, right? When I think about digestion, mm-hmm. I just immediately think about food. Well, think about digestion. It, digestion only works when you're in a parasympathetic state. 
when are you most in a parasympathetic state? Mm, okay. When you're sleeping, mm-hmm. right? Or when you are meditating, when you are silently walking, when you are at peace with your body, which is why I brought in that stress piece, right? If we can lower our stress levels, if we can implement stress relieving practices to help keep our body in a parasympathetic state, then you're putting in your body in a really good position to be able to rest and digest. So your digestion works. Rest and digest. Yes. <laughs> we make so, a song. Exactly. So um, I can't stress enough. I think how- that was a really easy way though, of like for fitness coaches, like when you are thinking about, okay, how do I keep this information in the back of my head? Because yeah. I'm somebody, I think most of us are, if you, you don't use it, you lose it, right? Oh yeah. So I liked that. Like rest and digest is kind of like a very easy way to digest this information and keep that in, in your back pocket. Yeah. And it, it, we all know that rest and digest is re- related to sleep. It's related to like anything calming. It's related to meditation. It's relating to, to self gratitude. Um, all of those things really, really help keep the client's stress level at its lowest because we know in this day in, in society, we're go, 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 go. And our brain is filled with all this talk, all this commotion, and we can't think properly. We can't act properly. And therefore we have to implement these strategies to really calm the mind and get into more of the movement, the more of the body, the feeling Mm -hmm. so that we can keep those stress levels low and we can overcome bloating. So what about, um, what about, um, words, Angie, um, what about protocols to implement, like not necessarily protocol, um, like slowing down when you're eating. So like you, cause you mentioned like yeah. go, 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 go. Right. So like, I know when I'm eating, I'm on my phone, I'm on my computer, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> running around with the kid. Like, so do I need to like sit my ass down and, and, and take 10 minutes to myself and eat? Yes. We, we need to chill the fuck out. <laughs> okay? Did you hear that, guys? You all need to chill the fuck out. And your clients. Tell your clients to chill out. Seriously, especially mamas out there. All my clients are like, oh, I, I had three full meals built out, but I only ate, like, one thing out of each, each one of them because I'm, like, eating on the go and I'm running around like a crazy person. No. Create a routine for yourself where you allow yourself that 20 minutes of freaking peace. We don't... Don't give ourselves that priority anymore. We always give our energy to everyone else, our 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 boss, our job, our kids, our husband. What our about phone. you? What about you? What about your clients? It is up to you to give yourself that clarity, that peace of mind, and just enjoy what you have in front of you. Enjoy the food that you get to eat and Chew it slow. <laughs> we want to chew our food to applesauce consistency. I I see so many times people are eating food and they just like swallow it whole. And I'm How like, writer eats his food. <laughs> I'm like, where did it go? So we really, it's just, it's way easier for your body to digest food that's already broken down in the mouth. And we have to remember that that's where digestion starts. It starts in the mouth. So how can we prepare ourselves for better digestion? You know, other than chewing our food to applesauce consistency and helping bloating that way. And and it does make a very big difference when it comes to bloating. All right, awesome. So just want to like recap for everybody. The main starting protocols are going to be water, mm-hmm. sleep. Yep. Stress relief. Stress relief. And chewing your damn food. Yep. 
All right, cool. So if if you if a fitness coach takes their client through these protocols and it's still not helping, mm-hmm. what the hell do we do next? So this can be an indication that we've got a gut dysbiosis or imbalance of gut bacteria in the digestive tract. So um, we need to dig a little bit deeper. And this where like questionnaires can come into um into play and help you really uncover like where in the digestive tract is my client breaking down? Is it in the pancreas? Is it in the liver? Is it in the large intestine, small intestine? Where is it in the body that we're having a breakdown um, in? And so when it comes, some easy things that you guys can implement to help them overcome the bloating, because most likely they're going to be dealing with like food sensitivities um, or just like a decrease in um, digestive enzymes in their body where they're having a hard time actually breaking down the food when it gets inside. So the the best thing that you can start with is doing or removing inflammatory foods. So this is something that you guys are probably already working with your clients on when you're op- when you're optimizing their diet alone, right? We want them to get in lots of fruits and vegetables. We want them to get in complex whole grain carbs. We want them to get in lean proteins. And that's exactly the way we want to go, right? And that can alone just really help them with their digestive issues is just optimizing their diet. Mm -hmm. But if we need to take it a little bit further and they're dealing with food sensitivities, then we want to, we want to look at the most inflammatory foods, which is usually like gluten, dairy, soy, added sugars like sucralose, aspartame. Um, We want to make sure that we never eat those. Those can actually cause bloating by themselves. Um, And have to do a whole nother podcast. Yes. (laughs) Um, So, Um, And then other things like seed oils. So um, sesame seed oils, um, sunflower oil, like... What about canola oil? Yep, canola oil, soybean oil, all extremely inflammatory. And what's a little bit difficult about these seed oils is that almost every single restaurant or fast food place uses these types of oils. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you have a client that's dealing with, with this extreme bloating that you've already gone through the... The initial protocols. Uh-huh. Do you have them like avoid restaurants altogether? Um, there are a very few that I list for them that they can have. So like um, rice bowls, poke bowls are all good to have because they don't use oil in anything that they um, they have except for like the marinated ahis and stuff. But they have chicken available. They have dry salmon. They have dry ahi like without any sauce on it. So those places I usually recommend to my clients. But yes, we try to t- transition from eating out to more home cooked meals which can be a really big game changer for your clients. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest things is is trying to cook at home more. This is why I, I have so many recipe books for my clients so that they have a plethora of resources um, to make meals at home that are very low inflammatory. Yeah. Can first-time fitness coaches take their clients through, you know, those starting protocols and then um, removing those inflammatory foods? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, conventional medicine isn't working with clients on their their food intake, their quality of nutrients, and quite frankly, um, 
there's a lot of um, undereducation when it comes to nutrition in general. Um, and so I think it's our job and I think it's your job to do what you can for those clients. And what I would recommend when you do remove these inflammatory foods that you know that it's not going to be a forever thing. So I typically use a 16 to 18 week removal of these foods and then slowly add them back in. Typically, um, it, you can try sooner than 16 to 18 weeks. Some, you know, rem- remove gluten and dairy for a year. Um, for, for me, for instance, like I have, I have removed gluten and dairy for over a year. And it's kind of like a reverse diet, right? Like if you put your client through a reverse diet, you don't keep her there that long, then she's not actually healing her body. So same thing with re- removing these inflammatory foods. If you don't keep your, if you don't let your body heal long enough. Yes. Then you're you're not doing yourself a favor. Yeah, and every every client's going to be a little bit different in what their uh, tolerance is going to be when you when you put these these foods back into their bodies, right? It just depends on how long their body needs to heal. Some take longer, some don't. So it's just about patience. You can do trial and error. Um, you can do an MRT testing, which is a mediator response test that tells you what your body is inflammatory towards as far as food goes. So that could be a really good useful tool for those of those of you who have clients who really can't pinpoint what types of foods are causing these issues for them. Okay, that was a good note. After your clients make these dietary changes, okay, and you've implemented these protocols for 16 to 18 weeks. Um, Are there any other strategies that you need to implement to, to help them through these symptoms? Yeah. I mean, there's a number of other um, ways that you can go about limiting the burden on the body and just to help it definitely work better. I would say a really big one is going to be the removal of environmental toxins. So nowadays we're, we're surrounded by billions and billions of chemicals that seep into our skin that, that we eat through food, um, that we inhale through breathing. There's so many different chemicals that we come into contact with that overburden our system and and especially our liver. And our liver is responsible for the detoxification of certain hormones and certain toxins and heavy metals. And these can um, cause, you know, the systems to become backed up, mm-hmm. right? And so when we start removing toxins from our body, we start to free up like the work that our organs are doing. We're like right? working double time right yeah, now. Yeah, they're like working double time to eliminate these toxins, to like process them. And so when we lower the burden, we lower the burden on our body, we lower the the burden on our digestive tract. So mm-hmm. some environmental toxins that could be really useful or I should I should really give you guys some some tips to um, implement right now to help lower the toxin toxic burden. Yeah, I think like that would in be your super home. helpful. Yeah. Um, the biggest one. Do I have to get rid of my candles? Um. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. it, pick and choose your battles. Pick and choose your battles. Some 
We so, don't have to give up all our vices. Not all your vices. It just depends on what affects you the most. Like I had a client who was like, uh, who started using a new lip gloss and she started having flare-ups of her autoimmune disease. And oh, wow. yeah, it's pinned back. From her lip gloss? From her lip gloss because it can be toxic. So we, we gotta get rid of the gloss. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care how pretty it makes you look. <laughs> so you can still wear lip gloss, but you have to utilize it from certain uh, companies that use low toxic um, type of ingredients, right? So Bare Minerals is a really good um, one that you can use. Uh, beauty Counter is a really good one um, for beauty products and getting rid of your plastic and using glassware instead. Um, I know it's hard for the kids because <laughs> we don't want the kids to break anything. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, try to go BPA-free. Um, unfortunately, even if they say BPA-free, it's not always. But Of course. <laughs> yes, but you can try. That's the way we operate. Exactly. But we can try to find companies that, that definitely take pride in that, in having a low-toxin um, product. So um, even using fluoride-free toothpaste can can be very beneficial so that and then even filtering our water filtering the chlorine from our shower and the fluoride from our tap water can be really beneficial um to our body and lowering that burden yeah i know i, I, try, I tried to i well you got me my my veggie wash mm -hmm. <laughs> wash your veggies get those pesticides off of those veggies even though it's things you can't see, right? I think that's probably the hardest thing. Yes. Is that when it's things that we can't see, we're just like, oh, it's not there. We can just pretend like it's not there. Yep. And a really good way to just do that at home is like one part um, water, one part vinegar, and then like a tablespoon or half a lemon is something that you can use to, to wash your veggies. Awesome. Well, I think you gave us so much bomb-ass information. Is there anything else that you want to leave our fitness coaches with? Um, you don't have to know it all when it comes to bloating. Um, I think the biggest thing that will help you is just know that the fundamentals are very key. Knowing that you optimizing their lifestyle from what you already know right now will probably help them with the bloating. And if you do get clients who you've gone through these protocols with, you've gone through like the removal of inflammatory foods and you just don't know where to go next, refer out. You have to refer out and don't be afraid to refer out because your clients will respect you for it. Yes. They will appreciate you for it. And it's, you got to get rid of that ego. I, I used I to agree. have it. I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, but they know that you don't know everything there is. It's okay to say, I don't no. It is. And they will, they really will appreciate you go finding the answers for you. It doesn't make you less capable or less of a coach. It just makes you more valuable because you're someone that will go find the answers for them from someone who actually knows them. And another thing that you can do is you can refer out to someone who does um, GI maps and um, those who can like read them and kind of build out a supplementation protocol to overcome whatever is going on in the GI map. And the GI map is something that um, goes over how much like good bacteria, if you have any pathogenic bacteria, if you have any infections and things like that. And that would be like the one step um, next level mm -hmm. when it comes to overcoming some of these digestive symptoms. So if you can't 
get over the bloating and some other digestive issues your clients are experiencing um, after implementing, you know, the environmental toxin, reducing those and in the inflammatory foods, then this would be your next step is to refer out and possibly get a GI map. Awesome. Thank you so much, Coach B. I think Coach B would agree with me that if you have any questions and you want to learn more about hormones and gut health and being able to help your clients on a deeper level, then her Instagram is a wealth of knowledge, okay? A wealth of knowledge. And she also has a free Facebook group where she does lives every single week. So if you're not a specialist in hormones and you want to learn more about how to help your clients in that way, then pop over to her Instagram. And um, she's also an open book, right? So if you have any questions... Feel free to DM me. I am always open. I am always willing Brady to help. Brady loves to talk, so she <laughs> would have no problem. I love to talk. I love to teach. I love to do all of that. So if you ever have questions about a client, I am I'm open. Uh, I have loved having you on this podcast. Yes, and me too. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. This has been The Unapologetic Coach. Now it is your turn to go out and make your impact. <laughs>